This is Tim Bryan, pastor of Lifeway Apostolic Church, and this is our podcast. Thank you for joining us today. My prayer is that this message will inspire, build your faith, and draw you closer to Jesus Christ. Enjoy this message. Just gonna, I'm going to see Phil after the Lord today. Is that all right? We're going to just go. We're going to go to James chapter number one here in just a moment. Um, but if you want to turn there with me in your Bible, that'd be fine. But um, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. Somebody say one Lord. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart and with all thy soul and with all thy might. I believe and I firmly believe that if you're here today, you believe that there is one God. There is not a trinity in the word of God. It is one Lord. And his name is Jesus. Um, if people try to sway you to tell you that there is one Lord, you need to reject that doctrine. It is not found in the word of God. We believe that there is one God. And his name is Jesus. Can I get an amen? Um, so I, I believe that I'm in a good crowd here today when I talk about one Lord. And if even if this was a bad crowd, I would still preach the same message proclaiming that there is one Lord. In your home, you need to declare that there is one Lord. Your kids should not be confused whether there is one Lord or not. I've shared this testimony before, but my kids go to a uh, Christian, uh, Christian school called Abeka out of uh, Tallahassee, Florida. And that, that school does preach and teach the, the, the Trinity. And uh, the first year of, uh, before we got into this, uh, my, my daughter and son, we talked about this, that the difference in the doctrine. So when the first lesson came up and they referenced God the Father, God the Son, my daughter stopped the lesson. She said, Dad, they're teaching false doctrine. They're not teaching, not, not teaching that, that there's one God. That's exactly right. And we talked about that. I, I, I'm not afraid of them hearing people talk about the Trinity because I know they're founded in the truth of the Word of God and they can stand for what is right and what is found in the Bible. And in fact, one of my kids said, Dad, the word Trinity is not even in the Bible. I said, you got that right. And there is only one God and his name is Jesus. But we find in, Genesis, or in Deuteronomy 6 and 4, it says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And there is a declaration, and there should be a declaration in your home. And I truly believe that there are many people that are in, in one mind with this, that there is one Lord. We are in this church here today with the doctrine that we believe that there is one God. The difference between our homes, I believe, a difference in many homes is that what you do after you believe in one God. I think the failure with the understanding of people's walk with God is they believe in one God, but they don't put it on their forehead, if you will. They don't put it on their doorpost of their life. And they don't teach their children and they don't walk the walk that God has called us to be. Because many will say, amen, to Deuteronomy 6, 4. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. But when you have to put your feet on the ground and when you have to put your hands to the plow and you have to put your, your mouth behind your words, the difficulty comes when thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart and with all thy soul and with all thy might. And these words which I command you this day shall be in thine heart. I'm going to talk about behavior today. Somebody say behavior. We have got to behave like the word of God is teaching us to behave. Many of us understand and believe the word of God and we'll say amen. In fact, many of you will say amen to me. And can I be real transparent? I can feel you say amen, but your heart is far from the word. I've never felt, um, I've never thought I would feel those things in the word of God or feel those things in the house of God, but I can feel empty amens. That makes me preach harder. Because I, we don't, we need the church full of empty amens. We need people living the word of God as God instructs us today. So we need the, the behavior. The Lord in Deuteronomy in verse number or chapter number six is dealing with behavior. There's a declaration, but then he deals with behavior. James chapter number one, if you want to turn there with me today, there has got to be a unity in behavior in the house of God. 
unity in behavior in the things of God. Unity of behavior when it comes to the people of God. We become one, somebody say one, when we're doing the same thing. You know, it's, it, I know it's going to get quiet here for a little bit, but it's, it's, when, I, when I talked about when people say amen and they respond, I feel as though sometimes there's empty amens and empty response because maybe you think that that's just what I want to hear. But I can tell the difference between an amen and an amen. I can tell the difference when I'm sitting next to a worshiper or I'm sitting next to an actor. Can I be real right now? Is it okay? I, 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 I can tell the difference between an authentic praise and a praise that just has emptiness in it. I can tell the difference between somebody coming to the house of God out of, out of just, just, just obligation and just, uh, just for a facade and those that really want to be in the house of the Lord. You can tell the difference. There are people that come to the house of God because you know the truth is going to be preached. But your behavior says, I just want to hear it, but I don't want to do it. But we are to become one, the Bible says. I say we are to become one. One body. And how do we become one body? When we all start worshiping the same way. And we start worshiping and doing the same thing. When we start believing the same way. And we start praying in faith and not pray with doubt. And we become focused on the agenda that Jesus Christ is all in all. And he is the creator. And we're focused on the name. That, and we begin to worship the same God. We don't worship a triune God. We worship the name of Jesus. There's something that brings people together in unity when we start doing the same thing. Somebody say doing. You can go to a convention, you can go to a, a concert, you can go to many different things, and you will have a lot of hearers, but you won't have a lot of doers. And what the church sometimes is full of is a lot of hearers and not a lot of doers. So I'm going to talk about the behavior of a doer and what we need. I'm here to, we need a church full of doers in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. All right. So where are we at? Well, let's go to James chapter number one. Now, I've been doing some study. I bought it, um, some books on the book of James, and I, I really I love the book of James. And, and I, I've been doing some self-study on on the book of James, and I think the Lord has really shown me some things and, uh, out, of, out of this book, and it's an incredible, uh, incredible book. And um, the, uh, Let's go to James chapter number 1, verse number 1. James, a servant of God, of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the 12 tribes which are scattered abroad. He says, greetings. So he's talking to the tribes of Israel. And then he deals with something, verses 1 through, one through 12. He deals with... Um, habits or he deals with behavior. Somebody say behavior. Je Book of James deals with behavior of the people of God. Now, we, I'm, not, I'm not here to, to verbally, uh, you know, get anybody in trouble or say, but I, I pray that the word of God speaks to you and you change your behavior. <laughs> now, I, this, is not a, this is not a first grade lesson. This is the word of God. And uh, I don't want to feel like a teacher that is, that is, you need to behave yourself. That's not, that's not what James was trying to do. But he, what he was saying, you do need to change your behavior. The Bible says in verse number 2, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall in diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trine of your faith worketh patience. But let patience have its perfect work. The behavior of your patience needs to provide a perfect work. That you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. If you lack wisdom, let him ask God. That giveth all to men liberally and braideth not. So if you lack wisdom, you need to behave by saying, God, I need wisdom. It's dealing with the behavior of our walk with God. That's what it's talking about. In fact, all the way for verse number 12, it believes, it, it, it talks about the, the fact of the, the behavior of our tongue. Eww. Now, we love saying speaking in tongues. But we don't like to talk about the other behaviors of our tongue. But James starts off about how we should speak, how we should ask, how we should perf uh, not perform, but how we should, should talk. How, uh, he says, verse number six, but let him ask in faith. 
How should we ask? How should we behave when we ask? In faith. Nothing wavering. How should we behave when we ask? Nothing wavering. In faith. It's talking about behavior. How we pray. How we speak. For he that wavereth is like a wave of sea driven from the wind tossed. And let not that man think that he shall receive anything from the Lord. And a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. You better be careful. When you're double-minded, your behavior will be unstable. I said your behavior will be unstable. When we come to the house of God and you come with a mindset to worship and you want to be pray in faith and ask in faith and you're worshiping and, and becoming as one as the body, you will find stability will come to your life. Stability will come to your home when you pray with your spouse and for your kids. Stability will happen. Verse number 12, blessed is the man that endures temptation. For when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord hath promised to them that love him. Deuteronomy 6, 5. Love him with all thine heart, with all thy mind, with all thy soul. And then we'll, we'll read verse number 14. We'll, just, we'll get down to verse number 19 where we really want to get into our, our word here today. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of, the, of his own lust and enticed. Then when lust has conceived, it bringeth forth sin. And sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. It is the, talks about the behavior of sin. The devil is out to do one thing, to steal. Well, three things, steal, kill, and destroy. He wants to destroy your home. He wants to destroy your family. He wants to divide the home. He wants to take you, away, take you away from the prayer time. He wants to take you away from the house of God. He wants to get you isolated away from the people of God. He tried to pull you away. And then and when sin is in your life and when it is finished, it will bring forth death. Do not err, my beloved brother. In other words, do not be deceived what the devil is out to do. All right? We're getting somewhere. But at verse number 17, we might as well read these next couple of verses. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights, whom, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. Of his own will begat he us with the word of truth, and he shall be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. Wherefore, and this is really what this chapter is about. Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be here we go. Somebody say behavior. Swift to what? Swift to hear. And then what else? Slow to speak. Behavior. Slow to speak. If you're not doing these things, you need to change your behavior. Is that all right to say that in the house of God? Amen. Be beloved, my beloved brethren. Let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. Let me remind you that James is talking to the church. <laughs> A lot of times we want to preach to the world, but James is talking to the church. It's up to us to reiterate to the church of what we expect and what the expectation is. We need to be slow to speak, slow, or maybe uh, every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, and slow to wrath. Verse number 20, for the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. The anger of man worketh not the righteous. If you got anger in your heart, you need to change your behavior. And let me tell you how to change your behavior. You find an altar, you ask God to forgive you, and you, you come up out of that place clean, and you ask God to fill you again with the baptism of the Holy Ghost, and the presence of God and the grace of God will give you the strength to change your behavior. Grace is what changes, is the gift that will change our behavior. I thank God for mercy. It takes care of my past. He washed away my future, but grace helps me to do what God wants me to do. You say, Pastor, it's hard to change my behavior. Yeah, it is when you're falling into sin. The only way you can get out of sin is God. You can't pull yourself out of sin. It takes the cross. It takes Jesus Christ to pull us out. You've got to have a behavior of repentance, and then your behavior of a, of a life towards uh, the rest of your life will change. So let's, here we go, verse number 20, for a wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. Wherefore, lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness and receive the meekness, the engrafted word, which is able to, 
Why is James talking about it? Why is he saying it? For the salvation of your soul. Why am I talking about this? For the salvation of your soul. Hear me today. This may, this may be coming across more of a Bible study, but I'm here to, to tell you the word of God so it can save your soul. I'm talking to the church today that our behavior needs to say, God created me a clean heart, renew in me a, a right spirit. I want to have the, the, the attitude and the, and the habits of, of Paul that says I die daily. Why? Because my attitude can get out of whack. My, my anger can be rekindled if I'm not too careful. But I'm thankful that I have an altar and I'm thankful that I have a name that is above all my attitudes, all my past and all my sin and the things that used to have me bound. Guess what? They don't have me bound anymore. I love. I can love beyond I ever thought that I could love. I, I, I thought I loved my wife when I first married her. I thought I did. And I did. But now I love her even more. And then she loves me hopefully even more. Even after 60 more pounds. I've just got more to love. There's something about when you change your behavior when it comes to the Word of God. And then engraft the Word begins to speak into your life. Think your behavior will change. I'm, I'm just going to say it like I, like I feel it and what I want to say it. I have noticed sometimes that people's behavior will not change, and that tells me something. If your behavior doesn't change, you know what happens? That means there's too much sin in your life and you haven't been in the Word of God and you haven't been praying and you haven't been seeking God, which, which, which changes your faithfulness to God and your attitude of worship. And it's hard to become one when you're neglecting the very thing that God has called us to do and is that has communion with Him. It's going over like a lead balloon. Bible says, wherefore lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness and receive behavior. Receiving is a behavior. A receiver of good gifts is a behavior with meekness, the engrafted word, which is able to save your souls. Before we get to verse number 22, we got a lot of good hearers. I got a lot of good amens. I, I, I prayed when I, when, I was, when I first started speaking. I said, God, help me not to rely on somebody saying amen. Many preachers will preach harder when they hear people say amen. And that should compel us to preach, right? It should compel us. It's like an encouraging word. But I don't rely on an amen because if I'm in the word of God, I'm getting an amen from heaven. Um, be ye doers of the word. Verse number 22. And not hearers only. And here's where sometimes we have a uh, disproportionate uh, uh, body of believers in the kingdom of God. I'm not talking necessarily talking about our church, but across the board that we have a lot of people that are hearers but not doers of the word. It disturbs me when I see people, not, I'm not talking about even here, but people partying on Friday night. Drinking it up, doing all kinds of things, but in church on Sunday, being a good hearer. It, it, it tells me you're a hearer, but not a doer of the word. The be, your, our behavior proves to the people and is a testimony to those that we are a doer of the word and not just a hearer only. We have to become a church of doers, not just a church of hearers. We, You've come to the house of God because you know that we preach oneness, that we preach re repentance and baptism in Jesus' name and in filling with the Holy Ghost. And you know the message is right, so that's why perhaps you are here. And because you would never go anywhere else to worship the Lord because you know the message is, is going to be true here. But I want to transition your behavior just for coming to hear the message because just to satisfy the, the, the longing that, I well, I heard a good word. And I want to transition your behavior from just being a hero to being a doer of the word of God. There's got to be a transition. We find that in verse number 19, this chapter transitions. There are specific 
uh, well, actually, the, the theme of this letter, if you will, uh, is, is begins to change. If we are born again, there should be specific, concrete results in our behavior. Amen. Christianity, hear me today, Christianity is not a matter of merely professing faith in Christ. There's a lot of people who have a faith in Christ. Just watch Facebook. Everybody's got faith. At least they project it. Please pray for so-and-so. I'm like, the Lord's not even hearing your prayers right now, so you're asking other people to pray. Because you know if you pray, God will not hear and is not attent to your prayer. So we ask somebody else to pray for us because we don't have enough faith in our own selves to pray for ourselves. So, there's got to be, the Word of God shows us specific results in our behavior. Now, I, I wasn't going to go there, but go to Galatians 5 if you want. Maybe after church or in your notes, write it out. Galatians 5. You know what the results of a life person in Christ? Go to Galatians 5. There's a thing called fruit of the Spirit. It's more than professing faith in Christ. It is a genuine, life-transforming faith that does not uh, uh, terminate with profession, but goes on to affect every aspect of your life. Hear me today. Our behavior says, not my will, but thy will be done. I grant you access to every attitude of my life. Every part of my spirit belongs to the Lord. We will behave differently if God transforms all of our life, we allow God to transform a little bit just to satisfy our family, satisfy the body of believers. But truly a faith in Christ determines how much we give God everything in our life. Now the Bible, if you understand the scripture, there's a negative and a positive view of how to approach God. There's, there's things, and I'll show you, for example, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath, for the wrath of men worketh not the righteousness of God, wherefore lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness, and receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save. In this initial discussion we find in Scripture of, of practical Christianity, James, essentially what he says to his readers is where these are the things you need to avoid. So it's almost like a, a negative word. You need to put away these things. But I'm thankful that he says, but you need to do this. There's a contrast in the word of God. It teaches us what we need to put away, and then it teaches what we need to put on. A lot of times people backslide quickly because they ask God to forgive them, but they never put anything on. We feel good because we come to an altar and God forgives us. But we, forgot, we forget to pick something up off that altar. It's called the man Christ Jesus. <laughs> I'm tired of people coming and going. And they come to an altar and we shout and we thank God for the cry and the tears of godly sorrow. But they go right back. They last about a day or two. They last about a week. Why? Because they forget to put something on. The Bible teaches us what to take and put off, but it also teaches I need to put on the name of Jesus. But that goes from a hearer to becoming a doer. So we're going to pray in a little while. And what we're going to do is we're going to pray a little bit differently and pray, behave a little bit differently because I, I, we can't afford to, to be a church that's just down the road. We need to be a church that's going down the road. We need to be a church that's doing the work of the kingdom and, and being a good doer of the word and not just being a hearer only. I've prayed for many people through the years and I feel like that God has forgiven them and God, is, God has touched their life. And they give up out on an altar. They feel great and they're ready to take on the world. But they forgot to walk with the armor of God and begin to become disciplined in their mentality or disciplined in their behavior. You cannot go back to the same behavior. 
You can't go back to the same lifestyle when God is forgiven you. You need to put on the armor of God. You need to put on the word of God. You need to put on the name of Jesus in your life. You need to put that name on the frontlets between your eyes. You need to go home and put that name on the doorpost of your home. You need to begin to teach your children. Your behavior needs to change after we are forgiven and get up off an altar. Behavior, being a doer of the word of God. The Bible says, it talks about avoiding anger. We talked about, but every man be swift to hear, slow or swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to rap. So the first practical way we should demonstrate genuine Christianity is the control of our tongue and the control of our attitude. That's the first thing that we need to do. What, how do we control our tongue? I walk in the house and say, Jesus is king of this home. Jesus is in charge. You know, my attitude when it comes to the pastoring and this, and this church, Jesus is in charge of it all. I'm not the pastor. He's the, he's, the, he's the shepherd of this body of believers. Everything we do, we want to have, a, 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 have Jesus be, be, be in it. I, I don't want to just do a program. Jesus needs to be involved. What would Jesus do? What does the Word of God say when we come together? Yeah, we can, we can throw a beanbag back and forth. and Yeah, we can get together and have, have a good meal every once in a while. and we can, we can fellowship. But you know what really pulls us together? It is the name of Jesus. It's because when a bunch of doers come together, a, war, a prayer meeting will break out. The things of God will begin to break out. Our conversation begins to change because we're so excited at what the Lord is doing. And I, I, I can hear a great message. And I can hear people and I can get on because of the times and watch all those videos. And I can get excited and I can feel because I'm being a good hearer. But what I do with those messages, what I do with the Word of God will change the course of my life forever. So I'm here to preach to you today. It's time to change our behavior when it comes to the Word of God. Help me, God, not just be a good hearer, but let me put on a little bit of doing in my life. Hmm. In Jesus' name. The Bible talks about avoiding anger. Verse number 21 talks about avoiding wickedness. Here we go. Now, many of us will think wickedness is something that... Uh, is dark and it is, you know, witchcraft and, and devils around everywhere. And we get this view of, well, I would never be in wickedness. You better be careful. Wickedness is something that uh, is more prevalent than what you think it is. Let's, let's look at what wickedness means. Uh, what, is, uh, what is wickedness in this scripture? You say, Pastor, well, my King James Version doesn't say wickedness. I didn't say wickedness in verse number King James. Well, that's the word that's being used here. In the New King James Version, the translation, if you will, says, Therefore, laying aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness. Overflow and receive with meekness the implanted word, which is able to save your souls. Now, again, James is talking to who? He's talking to the church. But James says there is an overflow of wickedness going around. You need to put on the ungrafted word of God and become a doer of the word of God because that's the only way you're going to be, have your soul saved is you need to be in the word of God and put it on be a good doer of the word. It says avoiding, avoiding wickedness. Now, if you do a little bit of study, which I, I did, and, and uh, it's nice to study before you get up and preach. Yeah. You need to do that. In fact, you should be studying because your life is preaching all day long anyway. Um, I don't study to preach. I study to grow in God, and God gives me a message about what I studied. When you grow in maturity in the walk with God, and some of y'all want to feel called to ministry and things of that nature, out of, your, out of your life of dedication and prayer will come messages. A lot of time we search for a message. It's not, the, we don't just pray for, a, ooh, that's good. No, your life will be a preaching. When I get into the pulpit, it's what I've digested and the Lord has brought out of me. All right, here we go. So, in this word, the Greek word for filthiness is ruparian. And it, it appears in the New Testament, I believe, only one time. 
It is from the Greek word reperos, which means dirty, which James 2 and 2 uses to describe the clothing of a poor man. The verb uh, apothemoni, I think it is to lay aside, typically refers to the removal of clothing that is dirty and is used metaphorically here by Paul. Paul, Paul talks about in the same context in Romans 13 and 12, Colossians 3 and 8, Ephesians 4 22, and by Peter in 1 Peter 2 and 1. The idea in this scripture here is that uh, uh, we are to remove ourselves from all that is morally filthy. The Bible says it is necessary to completely abandon behavior that does not bring glory to God. Now, you all can probably, now, if you're all professional Christians, you know, I've heard messages like this, we all smile, oh, amen. But in your mind, you're thinking, I can, you know, you know we don't want to, we want to be a good hearer. In our mind, we're like, well, I need to do that, but I don't, I'm not ready for that yet. You're never ready. <laughs> Spirit is willing, the flesh is weak. So I got to crucify the flesh. Allow the power of God to rise up. So the idea is that we need to remove ourselves from all what's moral, morally filthy. We are to deal with the abundance of wickedness in the same way. So if we have wickedness around us in the same way, we need to, we need to remove it from ourselves and take it off like dirty rags, like, like, a, uh, like, like a dirty clothes. And, and say, I can't wear that. i got to put that away, and that needs to be clean before I ever put that back on again. Hmm. So, let's, let's read on just for a little bit here. It says, be doers of the word, and not hearers only deceiving your own selves. For if any be a hearer of the word, and not a doer... He is like a man beholding his natural face in a glass. Now, how many looked in the mirror this morning before you walked out the door? Usually you can tell if somebody didn't look in the mirror this morning. But that's the spiritual application. Now, I thank God that there have been times that I did not look in the mirror. I looked in the mirror when I uh, brushed my teeth and then I... I make sure I usually do my hair after I brush my teeth, and then I put my clothes on, and then change my clothes, and then then I head out. But there have been times I brush my teeth, and I look in the mirror, and I think I fixed my hair. I got dressed, and I walked out the door without confirming in the mirror. And I've been to church, and I get to church, and my wife goes, did you do your hair today? I'm like, oh, snap. Bless God for a wonderful wife. My daughter is usually, she's got, she's got the mind to save it too. You know, Dad, you might want to check that. Uh, you, need, you need to do this. But what happens is we will get up in the morning and we will improve the flesh in the mirror. The Bible is using the same analogy here in Scripture. He says in the spiritual sense, you need to look at yourself, realize the errors in your life, and be a doer of change in your life. That's what he's saying. Don't be a hearer. Uh, you know, we, 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 we'll get in the house of God and we're going to the... We, we do it so well with the flesh, and, and we want to be so proud of everything that we have. And we, 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 we put, on the, put on the front, and everybody thinks everything is going all good because we're a good hearer. And in the mirror, it, it looks great. But, but I'm here to, in the spirit, we got to do the same thing and the same application. It says, God, show me in your word. Let that word be a reflection into my life. And if, if there's anything wrong in me, if there's any overwhelming wickedness in my life, show me in your word. That I may change it. I have felt and I have seen people cry in the presence of God on Sunday. And they're feeling the presence of God so strong. And what you're seeing is a mirror of yourself in the presence of God. When you walk in the presence of God and you're in his presence and you're worshiping and you hear the word of God. There is a mirror, spiritual mirror that shows up. And in that moment, you either become a hearer, you transform from a hearer. I see you, Lord. I hear those things. And it's in that moment you become from a hearer to a doer or not a doer. 
There, I, I find that so many times that, that there is a moment in time, a moment in every situation that a decision is made. That's why the Bible teaches us to be ready to receive. Because my flesh doesn't want to receive. So I say, God, help me to be ready to receive your word. Let me sit on the edge of my seat, if you will, and say, God, give me what I need and let me have it and let me develop in you. And in this word, it says, and it, the Bible talks about how it is able to save our souls. I think in verse number 22, save our souls. That's not a moment thing. The Bible teaches us that it is a growing thing in him. I don't get it right all the time, Elder, but I know that when I don't get it right, that mirror shows up again and said, I need to change my behavior again. I need to be a better doer today than I was yesterday. Mm-hmm. Am, I, am I preaching to anybody here today? The Bible teaches us to avoid that negative thing, that avoid those things. But, but he also says, I'm going to give you a positive thing. Be a doer, not just a hearer. Hmm. Verse number 22 and through verse number 25 is that positive duty. Be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. That if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like unto a man beholding his natural face in glass. For he beholdeth himself and goeth his way and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. Isn't that the deceiving? Well, I, I know I look this way spiritually, but... Nobody else would know it. It's okay. But God, and I don't, I don't, and I, I, need, I need to grow in my walk with God, just like you do. And God is growing in me in ministry. And I, I feel that God is bringing me to a level of ministry. And I'm not saying a level is higher than anybody else, but a level of ministry that is going to allow me to confront things in your life when you come to the house of God. I believe God has given me things to say, and I've been neglectful in saying those things in boldness to you. So be prepared. If, I, if, I, if God speaks to me in the spirit, and I share with you what the Lord has shown me, and share with the Lord, I, I, I think we need to call out the filthiness of wickedness and say we need to change. People don't come to an apostolic church just that they expect the word of God to be preached and expect it to be delivered. And they expect the saints of God to notice what's right and what's wrong. And and will say, you need to put away those things, but I love you and I want to help you come out of that darkness. See, the devil wants to deceive you to think that if your sin was exposed that everybody would hate you. And the church would discard you. No, the Bible teaches us we want to help you put away those things, pray for you, and then help you, disciple you to be more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus. The church needs to become a doer, not a condemner. A doer of the word of God, not a condemner. All heaven rejoices when one sinner repents. I want to hear the, I need to hear heaven rejoice today. I want to have heaven rejoice, but also want to hear the, the, the saints of God rejoice when one sinner says, I'm tired of just being a hearer. I want to be a doer of the word of God. I want to have the grace and the mercy of God applied to my life. And, uh, can we go on? Are we okay on time? Can we go on just for a little bit longer? I believe that we, we, need to, we need to talk about a few more things here. But verse number 25, but whoso looketh into the perfect. You see, there's the things that you get away with, but then there's things to look at. There, there, there are things that, 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 that we should put away. We see the sin and the rags of, of, sil- of filthiness and, and naughtiness and, and wickedness. We need to put those things out of our life. But he said, but whosoever looketh in the perfect law of liberty and continue therein, he shall, uh, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. In other words, you got to abide in the law of the Lord. You got to abide in the perfection of Jesus Christ because my flesh is not is not perfect. It is corrupt in itself. I got to abide in the perfect holy power of the Lord and when I abide in him and he abides in me, I can become more than a conqueror. I become a doer and an ambassador for the things of God. 
I believe that's where we need to be in the church. We need to become a doer by living the word of God. The perfect law of liberty. Now, it's not asking you to be perfect. It's getting you to look at something that's perfect. It, it, it's, it's saying you can't be perfect on your own. But if you look into something that is perfect and you press towards that mark and you press towards the prize of the high calling of Christ in Christ Jesus, that you will behavior will change. Um, help me, Lord. Deuteronomy 6.4. Let's go back there. I'll come to a close. Bible says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord, all caps, L-O-R-D, all caps. Now let's, I don't get time to go into all that, but there's meaning behind that. Our Lord, our God is one Lord. Somebody say one Lord. <laughs> and here's the problem. Many of us don't want to put that on the front of our home because it's a divided home. Our, our homes need to become together. And there may be division and there may be strife and, 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 and problems in the home or problems. And I'm not talking about a spouse. I'm not talking about kids. I'm talking about you could be single at home and there's division in the home. There's a spirit. There's things. We, we don't war against man. We war against the spirit. There's a scripture for that. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. It's good to hear. It's great to hear that. When I read that, I heard amens. I heard people say, I said, nodding their heads, praise the Lord, that's great, amen, pastor. But here becomes the doing part. He says, hear, O Israel, I'm listening, the Lord our God is one Lord, amen, praise God. Israel had the revelation there is one Lord. And again, we're in a body of believers here today that believe there is one Lord. We, 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 we can shout about that. We can thank God for that. We can, we can say amen to that. We can shout it from the mountaintops. But where we fail many times is we forget to be the doer of the one Lord. We forget to be the doer of the name of Jesus Christ. He says, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart and with all thy soul and with all that might. You say, Pastor, I can never do that. You can't do it on your own. But all you need to do is take one step today. And I'm telling you, the revelation of God will sweep over your soul and a new revelation will come and say, man, I am more than a conqueror. I'm greater today than I was yesterday. Because the Bible teaches us, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. And what I face tomorrow, I can face today because God is, 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 is ramping up in me more faith. Each one of us have a measure of faith. And I believe God can grow that faith in us, when, when the giants of this life begin to come into our life, we can say, I love the Lord. I praise God. I thank God for what he has done. And the enemy will have to flee when we call upon the name of Jesus Christ. Mm. The Bible says, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart. Now, what does that look like? Loving God with all thy heart. In a behavior sense, what does that look like? I think Sister Shanika, we've had meetings. She was like, Pastor, what does that look like? I was like, man, that's a great question. My wife will say, well, Tim, what does that look like? Man, that's a great question. Because I, I, I'm, I'm one of those fourth generation Pentecostal preachers that I, everything, I believe everybody got the picture all the time. But my wife reminds me, because she's first generation in her family. She says she comes to a new convert. She says, Many people don't get the picture of what you're saying. So we have to put into context in a everyday life kind of sense of, 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 of what does it mean to love thy, love, shall love the Lord thy God with all thy heart. Well, let me tell you, go back to James. Put away the filthiness and the moral, moral disgust of this world. Put that aside. All the dirtiness and the things in your life, you need to push it aside. It means, God, your word is greater than my decisions. I want my, your will to be done, not mine. And, and I need to put that. I, I don't want to get too specific today. Maybe I should. Huh? 
the house of God is the most important thing to be at. My, my life, here's the thing. Many people are, are scheduling their life around things that are not godly. They may not be sin, but they're not godly. What I mean by that is we prioritize our life around circumstances, around events, around uh, 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 sporting events or, or things of that nature. And God says, I'm not pleased with that. It shows the world and it shows everybody else that we're not serious about the Lord. We're not serious about making the Lord first in our, first in our life. Um, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, everything. That means I put him first. He's the priority. Everything in my life is, uh, you know, help me, Lord. In my home, since I remember all my life, my mom and dad, we scheduled our life around what Jesus wanted to do about the things of God. Am I right on that, dad? Everything we did around the home was what we're going to do for the kingdom of God. Um. What time service this week? Okay. Um, that means, can I just be really real with everybody? That means the work around the house is done the day before so I can dedicate my Sunday to be in the house of God. Preparation for the house of God. Preparation for the things of God. Preparation for the kingdom of God. Setting aside and, and, and getting the things of my life taken care of so I can, I can make sure God is at the... But if those things get in the way and if I, if I, if I have to wear... The same shirt I wore the day before just so I can do the things of God that maybe I need to just, you know, don't worry about, maybe you should wash your clothes. But you know what I'm saying, I think. It, it, prioritizing the kingdom of God. Negating the things that, that we put away. We put away things so we can keep God first in our life. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy might. I don't have time to really get through everything there in that scripture. But then he says, that's behavior. And he says, and these words which I command you this day shall be in thine heart. And there's a part of doing that I think we need to be better at. I'm going to speak to the men in this church. You're the priest of your home. You need to become a doer. Bible commands you to be a doer. I got a couple yeses and some nods. Are you afraid to say Amen. Some of you don't want to say amen because you know you're not being a doer. And I'm, I'm calling out the spirit right now. Some of y'all scared. I've been in services when the pastor preached something that I wasn't doing. And I said amen, but it wasn't convincing. Amen. I've been on the front row. I've been on the front row before, pastor was up there preaching, and he hits me right between the eyes, and I'm like, hey man, I turn around, look at the congregation, yeah, and such were some of you, but really, it's right here, so don't give me a false amen, I call you out, <laughs> that was convincing, thank you for that amen, that was a convincing amen. Thou shalt teach them diligently unto their children, and shalt talk of them when thou sittest down in the house. Our conversations in our home need to be about Jesus Christ. You should not be ashamed to bring up Jesus outside of church. Let me say that again. Men in your home, it needs to be about Jesus Christ. You should not be ashamed to bring up Jesus or God and the word of God in the home. If you are running from that, you need, to, you need to put away that selfish mentality, put that on the altar, ask God to forgive you, and then pick up the name of Jesus and walk out of here changed. This is the word of God. And thou shalt talk of them when thou sittest down in that house and when thou walkest by the way. What does that mean? I can't be ashamed to talk about Jesus when I'm going through my day. You're not ashamed. Uh, if you ever work with my dad, Jesus is going to come up very, very quickly. So I'm like, Dad, I'm, I'm trying to concentrate on my job, and you know, and we're, you know, we're talking about Jesus. I can't concentrate. Well, Jesus is always at the forefront of our conversation. In fact, I, I don't remember the last time I talked to Dad, other than that Jesus didn't come up. Amen. The things of God didn't come up. I've heard, I've heard people at, at tell 
uh, say, well, I don't want to talk to your dad because he just talks about Jesus all the time. Well, <laughs> you got a bad spirit. I'm not trying to glorify my father, but he's teaching me some things that, that they need to be taught to the next generation. That we're not ashamed to talk about the name of Jesus Christ. So, shall talk of them when thou sittest down in the house and when thou walkest by the way. And when thou liest down and when thou rise, the, Jesus needs to be on our mind. One Lord, one faith. Jesus is, 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 is there. I, I lay my head down on the pillow thinking about the Lord. I raise my up in the morning, I think about the Lord. And thou shalt bind them. Somebody say, bind them. Bind them for a sign. Bind them for a sign upon thine hand, upon, and thou shalt be as a frontless between the eyes. A lot, of, a lot of things that went around for a long time was what would Jesus do around your, around your wrist? What would Jesus do? You know, we need to have a one Lord, one faith, one baptism or something that's, that's, that's a reminder to us that, that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. You can start playing stand with me right now and thou shalt write them upon the post of thine house and upon thy gates you know why we don't I'm going to talk to a spirit right now you know why we do not declare the Lord in our home why we don't want to say Jesus is the Lord of this house or that we don't want to sometimes we don't even want to we don't want to put up a picture or a word of scripture on the wall because it's a reminder. And, and, and we don't want that reminder in our home because it reminds us what we should do. And it shows us what we aren't doing right. Um, it's, it's time to be a doer of the word. To declare he is the king of glory. Put it between our eyes, the forefront of our mind, upon the gates, upon the house. So much spiritual connotation that goes into that scripture. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to pray. And I know for without a shadow of a doubt, there's mirrors that are popping up all across this congregation. And the Lord is showing you where perhaps you need to put things aside. I believe in faith right now there are going to be people that push those things aside and they're going to declare today that my home, my life will be declared a house of the Lord. Now, but here comes the thing. It's easy to declare those things when the Spirit of God is moving in the house and you have people around you and praying and things of that nature. It's, it, it's, it's this atmosphere. It's, it's a great atmosphere and we can do it. And, and we're good here and we apply, then God forgives us. But I'm going to pray that you become a doer when you leave this place. I'm going to bind them for a sign. In other words, there will be a sign that you have bound those things in your life. So I want to pray. And if you're with me today, and if, you know, don't be ashamed to say, I've, I've, I've fallen short because that's okay. God loves a repentant heart and he celebrates when somebody says I've fallen short Lord help me I need to do forgive me I want to walk the way you would want me to walk I want to, I want to put your name at the forefront thank you for listening to today's message if you like what you've heard please subscribe rate and review this podcast if you would like to know more information about our church, please check us out on Facebook at Lifeway Apostolic Church. May God richly bless you.